Hello, I'm Carrie. And I'm Emily, and we are the voices of Tarbis. What's Tarbis, I hear you ask? Well, Tarbis is a blog that we do together, um, where we visit historical houses or places of historical import, and we blog about them, basically giving uh, our opinions on the place, um, how well it's presented, facilities, things like that, and sandwiches, because we love sandwiches. And that is in our name. But we decided that we wanted to do another medium. We wanted to do a podcast to talk more in depth about lots of different aspects of history, not just a specific era of the place that we're visiting. So we will go from Stone Age to Victorians, inventors, monarchs, everything here. And you'll hear some of our opinions and what we think and possibly some debates. Indeed, and we would encourage you as well to get in touch. You can leave reviews um, or you can you can contact us through our blog um, just to see what you think or if there's any particular people, places, events, things like that that you'd like us to talk about, we'd be more than happy to do that. Yep, so sit back, relax and enjoy Tarbus After Hours. This week we're talking about something that is very dear to our hearts, strangely. Hmm. It's the uh, 31st of October, which is otherwise known as Halloween. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and we've decided because this is slightly different because of Halloween, we are not one hundred percent sober, shall we say? We've had a bottle and a half of Rioja. Um, we have a glass with us right now. So hey, let's see how this one goes, shall we? What could go wrong? Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> like many holidays we celebrate nowadays, it was originally a pagan open air quotes, festival adopted by Christianity and far from being the happy holiday of dunking for apples and carving pumpkins and ooing and ahhing over the costumes thought up by the local children and paid for by their parents, All Hallows Eve has a much older, oftentimes darker origin story. Now, nobody knows quite when Halloween was first celebrated. It's one of life's little mysteries, really. Um, But what we do know is that the origin of the festival finds its roots in the Celtic feast of Soween. It's spelt Samhain, but it's pronounced Soween, looking at you deliberately supernatural. Got that one wrong. Now, the Celts weren't just the people of Ireland and Scotland. We're talking about the people that inhabited also um, parts of England, Wales, northern France, and the region around the Danube, as in the river, um, over about 2,000 or so years ago. Um, in fact, the river Danube itself, a little bit of info for you, is named after the Celtic creation goddess Danu, and all the gods of the old Irish religion were called the Tua de Danan, which translates roughly as the children of Danu. So they celebrated this part of the harvest season by lighting large bonfires to signify the end of the summer and uh, the bringing in of the crop harvest before the long, dark nights were setting in. But not only was it the end of summer, it was also Celtic New Year's Eve, and it was a time they believed when the veil between the worlds was the thinnest and spirits walked the earth more freely than they usually did. Yeah, this was all... um, Well, it was believed that the dead would return as spirits on this night. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, some to visit the family they left behind, um, but others were to cause mischief and mayhem by uh, spoiling the crops. Crops? Crops. <laughs> Not yet brought in. Um, the spirits spirits communicated with the druids and the priests and priestesses um, to help them with their spiritual work and the, the, with the creation of prophecies. Okay. Um, when bonfires were lit and sacrifices were made to the gods to protect the people through the long winters to come, and to ensure a bountiful harvest following that year. Mm-hmm. Um, costumes were worn to confuse and terrify the more malign spirits, 
uh, usually made from um, heads and skins of hunted or sacrificed animals, along with clothing. Yeah, so waist, we, not want not, you know. It's a quite kind of like. I think they're a bit more creepy than nowadays. You've got nice children dressed as, like, little vampires or Frankenstein. No. People used to dress up in the carcasses of dead animals. Well, you know, I, I mean, I'd probably get a few funny looks if I walked down the street wearing a sheep skull. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no more than usual. I, I get funny looks anyway, so the stuff I wear, so... But she doesn't wear dead animal carcass. I can uh, vouch for that one. Yet. Right, okay, so uh, <laughs> that is a tradition... Um, that has continued to this day, mm-hmm. though, like I just said, it is more to scare unwitting neighbours into giving goodies than stopping evil spirits from ruining the food that you'd stored for winter or for tormenting your household. Okay. Um, large banquet tables were left out in the open with food on drink to uh, to give to the spirits. So it wasn't just a case of kind of um, scaring them away with funky costumes. It was, here, have food, leave us alone as well. Pretty much, pretty much. Okay, um... From what we can understand, this was all going. It was all going great up until along came the Romans. We, we're not the Roman, we, lots yeah. of things we can say in history was all going great until came the Romans. But then again, the Romans gave us roads, viaducts, villas, baths, things like that. Um, I mean, you can't really say all of their culture because a lot of their culture was adapted from the Greek culture. But they they did give us a lot. They also destroyed a hell of a lot. You yeah. know, they were conquerors. But. Um, they this is not the catholic romans by the mm. way um these were the air quotes pagan romans now the word pagan is more of an umbrella term for anybody not belonging to your mainstream religion so christianity islam judaism hinduism buddhism sikhism etc um pagan, paganism pagan is actually an old word it was like a derogatory term for a, a witch or a non-believer um so it's uh it's a term that it mostly uses to apply to followers of the old gods of the old way, so we'll try as much as possible not to use that term to refer to the religions by their names or the main pantheon of, or god. But if it's easy, we'll just use pagan. So, the Romans had more or less swept through the Celtic nations by halfway through the first century um, of CE or BC, whichever you, or AD, sorry, whichever you use, um, where they held sway for approximately 400 years. Um, with them they brought their festivals and forms of worship as well as their technology and cultural learning and two such festivals that are pretty prevalent today are Feralia and Pomona. Now Feralia was the last part of a collection of feasts known collectively as the Parentalia held to honour the dead and they were celebrated between the 13th and 21st of February. Now I know they'd celebrated at a different time of year but they just kind of all sort of merged together. Okay. Um, the the Feralia, during the Parentalia, sorry, the opening of temples and performing of marriages was prohibited because it was to honour the dead. So within those, that like seven days, yeah. no, you couldn't get married? Couldn't get married, couldn't go into a temple. Oh, okay. okay um, at the Feralia, which is right at the end of that, worshippers would place gifts or offerings um, and they would put them on the graves of the dead that they were honouring. Um, the Pomona was a festival to celebrate the goddess of the same name, Pomona, who is also the patron goddess of fruit and trees, her symbol being the apple. So Pomona, palm like palm in the French. Okay. Um, it's likely that for her, it's because of her or her namesake that we bob for apples today and do things like that. Have you tried bobbing for apples? No, I have not because I'm really clumsy and may drown. But it's not that. It's really hard because, you know, water isn't a solid. So well, no. <laughs> so... No. <laughs> So, just let me clarify, okay? When you're, like, trying to put your head down to bite into an apple, the apple's just going further underwater. Okay. Because you've got nothing, obviously, against it. 
So you're, you're pushing the water, sorry, the apple further into the water with your face. So I suppose it's easier if the apple's got a stalk. Yeah. You can grab the stalk. But I, I would be particularly cruel and just trim down all the stalks. Yeah, so when you see people that can like get them and take huge bites out of them, I don't buy that. So like dislocate your jaw. Yeah, I don't buy that. The apple I don't buy that. No. But yeah, um, it wasn't actually until 609 CE or AD, um, AD that's it. <laughs> when Christianity interfered, when Pope... Pope Boniface, wasn't it? You had trouble earlier. I have trouble with these words, and we've had a bottle and a half of Rioja since then, so if I go silent and Carrie talks, it's because Carrie can pronounce words that I cannot. Well, uh, Carrie will try. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, um, Pope... Boniface, the fourth... Dedicated the Pantheon to Rome. <laughs> this is fabulous. We should do all of these with some drink. Um, to Rome, to all Christian martyrs, and set up the feast of All Martyrs Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pope Gregory the Third, however, um, expanded the holiday uh, to include all saints as well, and um, changed the date from the thirty-first of thirteenth of May to the first of November. Okay, slight different there. You might think you might change it a day or two. No. If, few months let's just do this well there's there's a reason why and there's a reason why he changed it which yeah. is which is next but sorry you're getting to that my bad sorry <laughs> uh, i should have now as christianity spread it did actually encounter some resistance as any occupying force would uh, where physical conflict didn't work they tried a sort of hearts and minds tactic mm-hmm. um, by adopting existing festivals and putting a christian spin on them okay which kind of makes sense. If there's something that everybody already likes, if you can take that festival and give it a spin of the, the thing that you're wanting to promote. Yeah, it makes it easier. It makes it, it adapts, or makes the people adapt to it easier, I should say. Yeah. Which is what was done with a lot, particularly Celtic festivals, but a lot of your pagan, air quotes, festivals. Yep. So, uh, because of that, on November 2nd was made into All Saints Day, known then as All Hallowenese. Yep. Then you had All Hallows Eve or Halloween. So now we know where the name and date comes from. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some of the customs. Well, Halloween is all it's it's all about customs. I mean, um there's lots of things that we do nowadays and I think it's because it's mostly commercial. I mean, it's huge over in America. Mm. Um and that can basically be be as a result of the mass immigration into America. But it's huge over there and it's getting bigger and bigger over here again. Yeah, um, but we don't over always... here being the UK. Yeah, FYI, yeah, the UK. Um, it's not always clear why we do what we do. So um, let's go back to apples. Yeah, talk about apples. One thing that they used to do, and believe it or not, if I let's just say normally, if I say Halloween to you, what what pops into your mind? Pumpkins, horror, clowns, costumes. What if I said love and romance? No, that genuinely... Just, just a silence <laughs> When Halloween is obviously signified with a lot of scariness, mm. and there's not many Halloween movies out there that are happy. Look, look, Jason Voorhees doesn't run around being all, give me a cuddle. He's like, no, let me, you know, machete you in the face. No, but he really does need a hug. I mean, how much would life be better if someone gave Jason Voorhees a hug? I'm not getting close enough to give Jason Voorhees a hug. Oh, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll hug <clears throat> anyone. Right, um, okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, give me a glass of Rioja, I'm, I'm anyone's. Um, <laughs> one glass of anyone's, two glasses of everyone's. Martini Jesus. Gazette. Right, uh, <laughs> apples. Yes. Remember I said earlier with the Pomona? Mm-hmm. Apples were a symbol of love. 
and um, this was they used to do something called apple divining this was particularly prevalent during the Victorian era when a lot of spiritualism was coming back and it's basically where a young woman for example me or they would peel an apple as continuously as possible so try and get the peel as long as you possibly can and then throw the peel over your shoulder I mean you can do what the hell you like with the apple after that the peel's the important part the idea was that when the peel hit the floor the shape it took it took when it landed would be the letter of the first name of your love now, I tried this, and it made a V. So anyone called Victor, watch out, I'm coming. For you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just have to go there. <laughs> this is just a family show. <laughs> we may have to put a... Uh, Disclaimer! <laughs> at the right. beginning of this one. But no, I've actually done that. I've heard that, but not throwing it over your shoulder. You know when you're, like, peeling an apple, and mm. then when it breaks, yeah. whatever letter that makes. Mine didn't make a B. I'm married to a Ben. This does not bode well. Poor Ben. Sorry, babe. But, um, so... (laughs) (laughs) Going on from just apples, they've also got mirror divining. Okay. Um, This is yet another one for young women looking um, to know their true lover's identity. Um, You can sit with your back to a large mirror Mm. and comb your hair a hundred times. Right. um, Putting it in a partial veil over your face. So obviously you have some sort of long hair. Comb it a hundred times, put half of it in front of your face. Okay. Um, you would then hold a smaller mirror in front of you where the large mirror is visible. Do you know like they're doing the hairdressers? Mm. And um, the face or full apparition of your lover would then appear in the mirror. Is it your love or just a knot in your hair that you missed mixed with imagination and a little too much punch? Who knows? I mean, I'm, my vote is mostly for the, uh, for the imagination and the hair not, to be honest with you. Well, yeah. But if it makes you feel a little bit happier thinking that you can see a face through your hair, why not? Okay. Um, Would you like to take bobbing for apples? Because I want to talk about the one after this. Okay, then. So, bobbing for apples. Um, It is simple, Mm -hmm. even though I... I don't think it is, but I've already it's gone about that. It's potentially simple. <laughs> I will not. I will not get back into what I feel for bobbing for apples again. Um, but it is a simple yet fun pastime, and it's good for any horror movie or TV series out there with a Halloween themed episode. Yeah. You tie your hands behind your back, or you simply hold them. You kneel before a large bucket, barrel, or paddling pool bath full of water t- containing some nice juicy apples. Sometimes you're blindfolded. Sometimes you're not. It's personal preference. Um, the aim is to use only your mouth to grip and pull out an apple. Simples. Um, this was brought over by the Romans. Um, the aim is... Say, so, um, like, apples are a symbol of love. So. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was used for... Bobbing was once used as a love spell. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, um, carved into apples would be the names of your potential bows. Okay. A young lady would then bob for the apple bearing the name of the man who most appealed to her. Mm-hmm. If she caught his apple on the first attempt, they were meant to be. Second attempt, they would caught, but it wouldn't last. Three or more tries, don't even bother. Oh. No. So, yeah, a couple more. So once, yay. Two, maybe. Three, (laughs) nah. What happens if you fall and land with your face completely in the bucket of water? What does it say about that? More about you than the person (laughs) you want to love, if I'm honest. Um, But alternatively, um, using just plain apples... um, Several women would bob at once, and the first to bite into an apple would be the first to marry. And then if she put the remains of the apple under her pillow that night, she would dream about her love. So bobbing for apples actually comes from a form of a love spell, but it is used a lot in horror movies um, for 
bad. Yeah, there's there's always that trope of the the innocent young girl just bobbing for apples and then something pulls her under the water or something like that. Or American Horror Story, Murder House, season one. Yeah. Won't go into too much detail. It's no. quite graphic, but well yeah. done, Ryan Murphy. Murphy? <laughs> Murphy! <laughs> Careful, I'm your Norfolk show, Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I mean, that's a fantastic show. Absolutely fantastic show. Any time of year, not just Halloween. Right. Ah, snap apple. Okay. There, there are two ways to play this. One is where the apple is hung from a, like, a, a piece of string hanging from the ceiling or tree or anything, and you have to try and grab it with just your mouth. I've seen people sometimes do this with donuts as well. Yeah, um, yeah, perfectly fine, safe. The original version of the game, do not try this at home. Cannot say it enough. Basically, it's one of these things that there's something we come across pretty much every time we do one of these, and it makes us think, how are we not extinct as a species if we think this is fun or edible? Oh, humans are silly. Yeah. Um, right, snap apple is where a nice, ripe, juicy apple will be speared on one end of a stick, and on the other end was a lit candle. <laughs> the stick would then be spun around and the aim of the game was to reach forward at the right moment and take a bite of the apple without getting a face full of fire and hot wax. <laughs> it's like, nice juicy apple, face full of fire. So, you know. <laughs> Obviously we research into things that we're going to talk about so we have the correct knowledge for you on the podcast, but there are sometimes things Carrie leaves out just to get my actual reaction. <laughs> I can't believe we did that. How are we alive? Apple, ouch, apple, ouch, apple, ouch. <laughs> An apple or fire? How is? How do you get the two different extremes? How do you go from apple to fire? I, just, I, I don't know. Oh, I'm crying. I'm actually crying. <laughs> I mean, to, to all those people out there that have been, have been, you know, harmed in a terrible snap apple accident. <laughs> I thought it was about to you. But really, what were you thinking? Oh. I mean, really. Fire, I mean, it's, oh. it's a stick anyway. So lighting a fire on the end of a stick is never a good idea, oh, let's be dear. honest. Here. And then shoving it in drunk people's faces. Because let's face it, you're drunk. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, um, another custom, obviously, which is quite... I would say this is probably the most famous and the most customed custom that yes. is still done today yes dressing up Ooh. um when spirits roamed around you didn't want to be recognized by the darker ones or the more evil spirits mm-hmm. so people would wear costumes and disguises so that the spirits wouldn't know them if they had to leave the house yeah so that's why people started wearing costumes so mm-hmm. they could obviously disguise themselves so the evil spirits wouldn't know who they were if they had to leave okay um, though for the most part people didn't leave because Again. they were back in the old to- um, olden days when this was obviously a massive um, massive festival mm. um, people believed that the spirits were out there to get them so they just didn't leave the house Yeah. Um, but costumes also served to scare away the more um, evil ghosts so that they wouldn't attack you on the road so, so they wouldn't recognise you and so they wouldn't attack you so you could go around basically if you dressed convincingly enough you could pretend to be one of them and they would then leave you alone. Pretty much. In theory. Pretty much. Okay, that's, I mean, that's, that's a good idea. And if, if you believe in that kind of thing, I suppose it would have brought you some measure of comfort. Yeah. And now we just use it as a way of, you know... Being a slutty nurse. You, you say that, but, like, a couple of years ago it was Halloween and it was Em's engagement party, and I dressed as my namesake, Carrie, 
as in Stephen oh, King's Carrie. She did. I got to chuck a load of fake blood over Carrie in our garage in the dark. Yeah. Um, we must have looked so creepy. The, the, the worst part was I then needed to saw up some wood, didn't I, for the wood fire? And I couldn't take the costume off because I was waiting for the blood to dry. So I was standing there in costume and wig with fake blood dripping off me, sawing in the garage at about 10 o'clock at night. Oh, whoever had our garage next when we moved, just the pools of blood. (laughs) Pools of blood and wood shavings and just a rusty saw in the corner, possibly with blood dripping on it. (laughs) So, yeah, um, it's completely innocent, but these are the scrapes we get into. Isn't it? What we do for (laughs) our craft. Right. Back to the podcast. Jack-o'-lanterns. Now, we've just carved ours. We have. We've just made two pumpkins, which are the picture on our Instagram, Mm -hmm. and at Tarbis History Ooh, or look. on our uh, Twitter shockingly enough at Tarbis History um, and you'll see the pictures which will link you to this podcast but they are our actual pumpkins now you call them pumpkins the yes. proper name is jack-o'-lanterns okay I do apologise no no I'll tell you why there's a reason Oh, potentially see if you've ever seen an original jack-o'-lantern they are way creepier than what, we're, what they were trying to drive away trust me we've put a picture in the show notes or a link to a picture Basically, originally, oh, yeah. specifically in the Scottish and Irish cultures, turnips would have been carved into shapes of faces, and either a small candle or an ember, as candles would usually be fairly expensive if made of beeswax, or pretty pungent if made of tallow, because yeah. that's basically animal fat. So, yeah, either smelly or expensive. Um, so this ember, or a candle if you were lucky, was placed inside them to make them glow and ward off evil spirits. So that's why they're carved into, like, scary faces okay. and things. Um, obviously now we carve them into various things and uh, we make quite quite a bit of art out of it. Yes. But back then it was... Oh, they were terrifying. They were absolutely terrifying. Oh, the turnip ones are <laughs> horrific. It's, it's awful. Um, I mean, they did their job. Uh, when the cultures migrated over to the Americas as a result of, for example, the Irish potato famine, the cleansing of the highlands, other such devastating events that we hopefully will revisit at a later date, yeah. um, they, are, they encountered pumpkins. Pumpkins are not native to Scotland or Ireland. Um, they realised that they were bigger, easier to carve than potatoes or dear old neep. You're laughing at neep. It's it's a it's a genuine. No, I'm laughing at the way you went. <laughs> dear <Neep>. old neep. <laughs> you didn't get to see the hand gestures, people. Dear old neep. Um, they used pumpkins instead. Hence the tradition of carving pumpkins today. Why jack o' lanterns, though? Why that name? Well, this is where I get story time. Oh, story time with Carrie. Story time. Right, let me tell you the story of Stingy Jack. Okay. Now, um, Stingy Jack was a bit of a dick. He wow. A- <laughs> All right. He was a mean man, he was a drunk, a trickster, and one day he tricked the devil himself into climbing an apple tree. And once he was up there, Stingy Jack placed crosses all around the tree so that good old Nick couldn't climb down. In return for his freedom, Jack made the devil promise that he would never take his soul, which devil agreed to because dude had places to be. Oh yeah, your devil don't want to be stuck in a tree. No, I don't even want to go down for that. <laughs> Anyways, Jack died eventually, as people do. And when he got to heaven, St. Peter refused him entry because of his wicked ways. So mm-hmm. he was sent down to hell. But the devil, despite all of his flaws, and there are a few... A couple. ...never goes back on a deal. Good and old devil, he has morals. Yeah. Kind of. Ish. <laughs> and he had promised not to take Jack's soul. So he turned him away, and Jack was cursed to forever wander in between the worlds as a spirit. His only consolation being an ember from the fires of hell given to him by the devil to light his way. Obviously... It being an ember, it was therefore hot, he couldn't carry it. 
So he happened to be carrying a turnip with him because apparently even dead men need to eat. So he carved out this turnip and put the ember inside, making Jack's lantern. Jack ah. no lantern. That's cool, actually. Yeah. I like stories. Yeah, that was cool, but... Yeah. I mean, why, why you'd carry a turnip with you into the gates of hell, I've no idea. A turnip in the afterlife. Yeah. Did you? <laughs> oh, really? Oh, do I... oh dear. This is... Uh... Okay, we have to listen back to this podcast and see whether we should ever drink before a podcast again. Nope, I have glad we, my convictions. I'm glad we have seven more before this so that people won't listen to this one and think, is this all they do? Listen to the other seven, we promise. They're a little bit more coherent. But this is still educational. It is very, and it's Halloween, so it's okay. Yes. Well, it's Halloween tomorrow when this comes out. Yes. Um. So another custom. I haven't done this for a while, being almost... Be, being an adult trick or treating um, never did it what? the look of horror on your face <laughs> I've never in my life been trick or treating I, I grew up in inner city Birmingham it's not really the safest place to go trick or treating I feel so sad right now we're Don't. going trick or treating tomorrow Carrie so oh dear <laughs> trick or treating for most people um, this was a practice more prevalent in the middle ages where people would dress up and go around to local houses begging for food or money. Okay. Um, in return, they would say prayers for their souls of the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, this was called souling, and some of the food given were small cakes, known as soul cakes, baked spe- especially for this occasion. Okay. Um, this was probably a better way of placing placating. Uh, placating the dead than leaving food out overnight. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, instead of praying for the souls of the dead, the gruisers would recite poems tell jokes or sing songs in return for food or money. Um, these were the tricks that they performed in return for their treats. So, trick or treat. Yeah. Okay. Um, things took a darker turn towards the start of the 20th century, however, in America, where treats were begged and, and if not given, pranks were played, sometimes amounting to acts of violence or vandalism. Mm-hmm. Throw into the mix the problems caused by mass migration, the Great Depression, and customs developed a more... A, a, a darker uh, yeah darker yeah. Um, sort of aspect um, trick or treating was more of a thing in America at the time and was prohibited due to sugar rationing during the second world war okay um, but it's back with a vengeance now right and the popular thing is to egg a house that doesn't give trick or treats um, doesn't give treats out to tricksters to trick or treaters <laughs> yeah, yeah that, was, that was a bit of a <laughs> sentence there wasn't it so basically um you, people would egg a house. If you went trick-or-treating, you didn't get a treat, you'd get a trick. So people would egg the houses. Okay. Um, but however, um, since 1984, um, 24 people from New York have been seriously wounded or killed in stabbings or shootings or even beatings um, sparked by egg-throwing confrontations around Halloween. Yeah, so don't do it, guys. It's it's not big, it's not clever. Yeah, no. So if, if, you, if you go to a house, you say trick-or-treat, they don't give you a treat. Just kind of respect that say okay have a nice day you know it's way more easy to be kind yeah unless of course they offer you an apple in which case tell them about the wonderful game of snap apple (laughs) be like thank you for this apple i shall now give you fire fire and wax (laughs) no don't do that don't do that please don't do that we we accept no liability no 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 no, 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 do not (laughs) right um last but not least Mm at the customs traveling now, as you said before, um, that most people were indoors in Halloween on Halloween. Yeah. Um, because if you were if you were out and about on Halloween, your journeys had to be completed before sunset. 
Um, obviously, because that's when all the ghosted ghoulies came out. Okay. Um, if you were out after sunset, you would have to carry a piece of bread crossed with salt, so blessed with salt, in your pocket, just in case you happen to meet a witch. Now, this would reportedly repel a witch, although I'm not entirely sure whether it would be the holiness of the bread or the fact that you're just a nutter carrying a salt, bit of stale, salty bread in your pocket. I mean, you know, any, any witches listening, let us know. Are you repelled by the bread or the, the weirdo carrying the stale bread? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but if you wanted to meet a witch, here's a simple way you could do it. All you'd have to do is put your clothes on inside out and walk backwards on Halloween night. So this is either a fairly fast way of meeting a witch or a fairly fast way of being committed. We don't know. <laughs> Give it a go. Why not? Let's have a try. Why not? Let's uh, all go and put our clothes on inside out and walk backwards because that makes all of the sense. Yep. Don't do it. Unless <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's part of your costume, in which case that's perfectly fine. But if you do meet a witch, throw salty stale bread at her. Yes. Well, uh, talking of costumes, right? I have these are sorry these are based on the UK and Great Britain, um, but I have some kind of statistics, I guess, mm-hmm. on the different parts of the country and who wears what. Okay. So in London, Star Wars costumes outsold vampires and witches. It makes sense. It is a rather large collection of nerds. Yep. In Birmingham, good old Brummy, where you come from, all right there. Um, it's a city of witches and ghosts. Yeah, but what costumes did they wear? Hey. <laughs> um, little Brummies, however, love to dress up as Minnie Mouse. Little Brummies are so cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Poison Ivy is the popular in Newcastle. And the Sorceress costume is a top seller in Edinburgh. I'm assuming by Poison Ivy you mean Poison Ivy out of the Batman series and not just people wandering around as giant leaves. <laughs> Itchy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's Newcastle, so anything goes, but... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I, I love Newcastle. I've never been, but I love the people. Yeah, but no. No. <laughs> um, Scousers, good right. old up in Liverpool, um, they love a cat costume. All right. Love cats. In. And um, party people of Belfast, whoop, whoop, Northern Ireland, they love a zombie suit with nurse costumes coming in second. So if you're a zombie nurse, you, you're covering all the bases there. You completely are, 100%. Absolutely. Okay, so that's facts about costumes. Mm-hmm. What other facts have you got for us? Well, these ones kind of are... Because obviously Halloween is a night which is completely different to any other day of the year. Yep. To the point where people dress up, they'd be different to what they normally are, different customs, different things are happening. There are some statistics that are... I wouldn't say they're necessarily... They're not horrific, but maybe by knowing them you might think more. Yeah, they're about the slightly darker side of Halloween. Yeah, yeah, because on Halloween, children are two times more likely to be killed in traffic accidents. This is down to 63% of children who go out Mm trick-or-treating don't take torches. And trick-or-treating is obviously October. Um, Here in the UK, our clocks went um, back last night. So our um, daylight... T- saving time we the, it's getting dark by four o'clock so you, when you go out trick-or-treating on wednesday mm. um it's going to be dark and 63 percent of children aren't taking torches out with them that's that's not safe no and with that 41 million children in the uk alone will go trick-or-treating wow that's a lot of children so it, it kind of makes sense that a lot of people are, are out and about because you know you've got a lot of parties at Halloween mm-hmm. as well. So a lot of people will be out and about, a lot of kids out and about, and you know costumes can tend to be quite dark. 
they're not carrying torches one thing leads to another so you know please 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 if your children are going out this halloween please make sure they wear something visible or they have an adult with them or they have some sort of torch or something talking of that 70 percent of parents don't go with their children trick or treating I mean, if, if they're above a certain age, I can sort of understand. Like, if you've got big sisters going with little sisters. But if they're under a certain age, then, yeah, definitely go with them. I mean, whatever you're doing can wait for a couple of hours. Yeah, definitely. And I'm thinking a lot of people play Snapapple. Oh, why? $13 million so in the in the US. Mm-hmm. $13 million worth of property damage is caused by fires each Halloween. So I'm thinking people are getting all up in this Snapapple game. If you must try it, and we did say don't try it at home, stick in the garden. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but obviously, first and foremost, don't try it at home. No, no. Fire, fire, fire is only fun when you're a fire eater or it's a firework or a bonfire within a registered area. Yes, it's in your back garden. No, don't do it. It's not safe. It's not clever. And the thought of a nice apple is not is nothing compared to fire wax and face. <laughs> you know, fire wax face. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, as we said, stay stay safe, stay visible try and stay sober yes i mean the irony of us saying that right now um have fun honor the dead look after the living and remember above all else black cats are our friends yes because um didn't you say something earlier that they don't a lot of a lot of animal shelters won't let you adopt an owl particularly a black cat on halloween just around halloween just in case it's for sacrifice whether that's a more of an an old ritual now I'm not entirely sure how many animal sacrifices are made each Halloween. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of uh, animal shelters don't let people adopt black cats around Halloween, just in case. You know, they they are the most abandoned, least adopted animal, black cats. It's because of the superstition, black cats are bad luck, but they're not. They're not, they're adorable. My mum's got you a black, black cat, cat called Bella. Yeah, she's absolutely adorable. One of the bravest, most mental little fireballs ever but she's absolutely adorable wouldn't swap her for the world no so black cats are our friends and you wouldn't sacrifice her either no my mother's a different matter (laughs) (laughs) no i love you mum um no definitely not never ever 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 harm an animal no no right so at the end of each week we normally do a ridiculous death we do so we've got a ridiculous death that isn't halloween related but we've also got a ridiculous fate date of death that is halloween related yes and quite poignant because um on the day of recording this we were watching american horror story yeah the latest season. the latest season and this character actually popped up in it which we didn't know and um necessarily much about that character we just happened to find out this death and put two and two together so well done again ryan murphy indeed although admittedly um the church of satan is not high up there in my search <laughs> history if i'm honest <laughs> Right, we are talking about Anton Zander Levey, born Howard Stanton Levy. I mean, so it's, a, it's a bit of a <laughs> bit of a difference there. He died um, basically of a pulmonary edema, which is is that fluid on the lungs? Yeah, yeah. He died on October twenty ninth, nineteen ninety seven. Okay. Most notably, Anton Zander Levey was the leader of the Church of Satan and the founder of the Church of Satan. Oh, so he was, he's the Satanist. And he wrote the Satanic Bible, Church of Satan. He did, yes. And um, he he died and his daughter tried to, or allegedly his daughter, tried to fudge his death certificate to say he died on Halloween to make it more spooky. No, he died on the 29th. So, uh, some... That's well unfortunate. 
yeah, there was an inquest. They found it out. They actually got his correct date. And, uh, well, sorry, Anton. Didn't quite work out that way, did it? No, and you haven't... I didn't actually know who you were, so... Yeah, good going there, huh? The yeah. uh, dark pope. <laughs> that, I, I put a thumbs up, but I'm aware there's a micro microphone here and you can't see me, but I just put a double thumbs up in a sarcastic style. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's already Satanists listening out there, whatever you believe, we are happy with. Just please don't sacrifice cats or chickens or people. <laughs> I love how people would last on your list. <laughs> people are the ones that sacrifice the animals. People can take a third place. Okay. Right. Ridiculous death now. Okay. Have you ever heard of cactus plugging? No. Doesn't really sound like anything I want to know about. Basically, not not where your mind is going, but cactus plugging is it's sort of a pseudo sport, and um, people find themselves in the middle of a desert, surrounded by cacti, and they shoot them till they fall over. Sounds dreadfully exciting, doesn't it? They shoot cactus. Cacti. But cacti is plural. Okay, they shoot one cactus. cactus at a time. Yeah. Oh, I apologise. <laughs> right. Yes, they shoot cacti until or cactus until they fall over. Wow. Um, the what you don't realise about cacti or cactus is that they are very very tough hardy plants they have to be to survive in that environment so we're talking about David Grundman of Arizona who went out into the desert with his roommate in 1982 so a fair while ago mm-hmm. and um, they decided that cactus plugging was just the sport for them and uh, Grumman shot, he, he shot a small cactus, it fell over, he decided to then move on to the next biggest thing. He shot one, a, um, a type of saguaro cactus, which was 26 foot tall and reported to be about 100 years old. Wow. So, so really cactus live as long as like trees? I didn't know that. Well, they, they are technically a sort of a type of tree. Oh. I don't know if they're from the same family, but they might as well be. Even I'm learning something today. Yep. Well, this uh, this one, 100 years old, rock-solid cactus. This was a survivor. Grunman shot it and shot it and shot it, succeeded in dismembering it. He won. Man v. Vegetation, Grunman won. Congratulations? No. Right. One of the pieces of cactus, a four-foot-long limb, blasted, blasted free by one of his shotgun volleys, came tumbling back to earth right on top of David Grumman and crushed him. So, <laughs> vegetation won, humans won. So, yeah. If, that if you, cactus did not go down without a fight. No, no, it, it came down in exactly so let, the right place. So, let me get this right. Yes. This guy yep. was shooting a cactus. Yes. He shot the cactus into bits. Yep. But one bit of it he shot with such velocity, yep. it flew up in the air, yep. came back and squished him to death. Yes. Yes, yes it did. <laughs> so, uh, David Grumman of Arizona, thank you. <laughs> we're, we're sorry that you, you died that way, but also don't go out shooting cactus in the cacti in the middle of the night. I mean, you know, those things are tough. Yes. Don't do not do that. Don't be the David Grumman. Don't be that guy. Do not be that guy. So what have we learned this week? Don't shoot cacti. Don't play Snapple. Yes, and we've also learned the origins of Halloween. We have indeed. There's that too. Yes. So uh, thank you for listening this week to our um, slightly different podcast. We thought mm. we'd try it because we just wondered what it'd be like. We're probably going to listen to this back, hate it, and redo it. Well, so. I had a great time. So if you listen to this one <laughs> and it sounds like this, then we obviously liked it enough to leave it yeah. without re-recording it. Why not? Um, we have, going off tangent slightly now, uh, we have a friend 
We have many friends, but we have a, a friend who um, also has a podcast. Yes. He has a podcast that also goes out on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. uh, completely different to ours. Completely yep. different. Him and his friend, um, basically they're called The Manic Podcast. Yes, it's and Liam, Mandy and Tobias Nichols. Yes, and that's why The Man Nick. Yeah. Manic, hey, clever. Um, they do a podcast and they're basically they sit and they talk about things... I think I'm pretty sure that they just talk about geeky things. Yeah, basically anything of interest. They do like top five lists, so top five favourite comics, top five favourite um, like Star Trek episodes, things, and, and all a, sorts of things. Yeah, they've had a Star Wars versus Star Trek episode, yeah. a Spider-Man episode. Mm-hmm. Um, they had their introductory episode where you learn about them as people, where they are massive theatre geeks as well. Yeah. So there's going to be some theatre ones. Um, but... We thought that they are doing a Halloween-themed one, so we thought we'd uh, give their podcast a little plug. Yeah, um, this one, it's it's their fourth episode. We do recommend giving them a listen on the whole anyway, because they've yeah. got some excellent camaraderie there. Um, their Halloween episode looks through their top three horror films, as well as generally looking at all films spooky and scary. Yes, so they are available on iTunes now. So tune in to us every Tuesday evening at Tarbis History and Tarbis After Hours. Mm-hmm. And then, if you so wish... Uh, listen to the Manic podcast. We will leave all of their um, all their details, details, and the links to their podcast in the description boxes. And I believe theirs is fortnightly on a Tuesday. So you know, nice little back and forth. Yes. And uh, yeah, if you if you like us, leave us a review on iTunes. If you like them, leave them a review on iTunes and uh, tell them Carrie and Emily sent you. Yes, and we'll speak to you next Tuesday. Bye bye.